LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Peter Blanche. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches uh, all across Australia. Today's episode is actually focusing on uh, keeping clarity. Keeping clarity. I wish I had more clarity in life, Scott. <laughs> I don't know about you. Oh, as I think about that word, I'm thinking, I love that. Uh, I love morning television, okay? So I love I love flicking yeah. on, you know, I'll watch ABC, I'll watch Koshy, I'll watch uh, Carl and the Today Show. I love putting it on in the morning, but... Today Show has that ad, that Specsavers ad where the, the lady's kind of outside um, Specsavers and she looks and says, oh, g'day, Carl. And it's clearly not Carl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just makes that point. How how important is clarity just in terms of communicating and, and for building relationships? Our clarity of vision just matters. Just obviously seeing stuff, but just so often in life, lack of clarity just leads to drift and disorganisation and wasting time and yeah. But for now, you've actually pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, uh, keeping clarity. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Ministry Training Strategy. MTS is a network of gospel workers who share the vision of winning the gospel for Christ by multiplying gospel workers through ministry apprenticeships. To find out more, especially on how to start an apprenticeship, head to mts.com.au. And now back to the podcast. Now, Pete, we've got to really, you know, follow the script, you know, we not do. just get, you know, overcoming the banter and Jumping in and diving in, that's just meant to be real quick and fast and punchy. Clarity. Uh, our new producer, uh, Pete, will hopefully get that uh, get that right yep. on the editing floor. Um, but it can be hard to maintain clarity of purpose. I think that's right. Because one thing, it's when you talk about clarity, it's one thing to have, it's good to be clear in the first place. You've got to have, and we're not talking just clarity about uh, playing sport or mowing your lawn, but we, we're particularly talking about gospel clarity here, kingdom clarity. It's one thing to have that clarity in one moment, but to maintain clarity for a lifetime, that is critical. Well, I'm, I actually am keen to press into your days uh, leading yeah. Wagga because I imagine in the early days when you were just sort of kicking off and starting out, you're a church plant, you're hungry, you're lean. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really clear you need to gather people uh, because you, you look around churchy and, and there's, there's kind of no one there. But as you get larger and uh, bigger and you have more people... You know, clarity, I would have thought, becomes confused, but actually becomes even more important as you get bigger. That's right. You naturally tend to think that clarity will be easier when we get bigger because we'll have more people, more resources, more time to think into it. But I think you're right. When you first start, particularly for church plants, there is a great deal of clarity. There's actually a great deal of clarity around we need to see kingdom fruitfulness in our ministry because if we don't see any fruit at all, we're actually not going to get beyond viability and we're going to have to shut down. It's strange, isn't it? As churches get bigger, they can lose clarity because they get beyond viability. And as they get beyond viability, they can start to waffle. and Well, they can start to invest into all sorts of things that aren't what I would call core business. And they lose their clarity through that. Because at one level they're beyond their viability, they've got some resources to be able to branch out and they lose, well, they lose clarity. So helpful you started off talking about gospel clarity. You know, So again, yeah. the sharpness of a church plant, we're, we're actually here to reach new people. Yeah, uh, We're actually here to see a new church start. But then, as you say, 
church church ages it, it loses vision it adds a whole bunch of other things you know to it that aren't maybe necessarily about making mature disciples in increasing number and so it's really helpful you know, I think to keep coming back to uh, to that, you know, what is what is what is the thing that churches ought to be on about, and that's making mature disciples in increasing number. That's exactly right, because you don't ever want to drift away from. Well, it, this is not our clarity, is it? This is our Lord and Saviour Jesus giving us very clear that He's very keen for His people to be on about making disciples. He's very keen about making well, seeing an increasing number of ex- disciples, and then seeing those disciples deep, deep in the Word, obeying Jesus in everything that they do. That that deeper disciples in ever increasing number. That's clarity. But it's easier said than done, and it so is. it's very hard to say. Uh, it's very hard to say no to things. Uh, it's a lot easier to say yes, uh, and it's particularly easier when someone's in front of you and you've got a relationship that's important to uh, to say yes as opposed to uh, to no. So uh, let's talk through what actually stops clarity. Yeah, yeah. Busyness is a, is clearly a, what I would call the seven day cycle. Yep. Can easily block clarity. What happens is church happens on Sunday. You've got meetings that are regular during the week. Every now and then there's a crisis, but you've got this. I've got this to run, that activity to do, this small group, that youth group. Then it's Sunday again, and and on my I just put my head up, and there's another seven days, and then there's another seven days, and you. So the solution to that. Because uh, because that that seven day cycle, unfortunately, that's here to stay. Uh, we've yeah. got a, we've got a, the apparently that you know the Earth revolves around the sun and you know there's 24 hour days. Uh, what's going to deal with that? Being really clear on your uh, priorities. You know, that's so right. every every week coming back and going, okay, I I know I know what's important, uh, so I can say no to stuff, but actually helps you know focus on the things that I want to do. So that, that's the first thing. You know, first yep. first solution to business. Is actually being really clear on on your priorities and going back to them regularly and I, letting that shape your week. Yeah, I think pulling out of that seven day cycle some 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 significant time during the week, but also some uh, set aside times during the year to actually think on what are we doing, why are we doing it, where are we going, how are we going to get there. Thinking through the strategy, thinking through the kingdom opportunities, working on the ministry, not just. In the seven-day cycle, setting aside time, that will help you not lose clarity. So uh, I, I hear a number of people probably saying, oh, that's easy, uh, Pete. You were a church plant. You didn't have a lot of people dying. Uh, you weren't an established church. You didn't have a lot of weddings. Uh, you didn't have a lot of you know crises and conflicts uh, going on in life uh, because you're a church plant and you're just focused on reaching the lost and you don't have that beautiful building. But I've got all those things and then some. How do I deal with the uh, crises, the emergencies, and the conflicts? Yeah, yeah. One of the things I noticed actually over time was uh, as church grew, we, we started with 25 and grew to a couple of hundred or more. Uh, but that there were just every, every, I think every person has a crisis maybe once every, whether someone dies or loses their job, maybe once every three years. But as soon as you get to us, you know, as church grows, that means you're likely to be having one or two crises on average a week. That can take serious time. And you want to love these people and you want to see them through their crisis with their faith in Jesus intact and growing. But if you just lurch from one immediate crisis to another person's crisis and that's your that's all your partial ministry is, then you will lose you will lose sight of making disciples. So what's the solution to the busy pastor who has these regular crises? It's got to be building teams. Uh, it's very key in any ministry, no matter what size you are, 
to not just do the ministry yourself, but to build teams of people, to build responsibility, obviously build responsibility in yourself. One of your core responsibilities, they will be building responsibility in others because a teams-based ministry, the body of Christ at work, can actually see not just the crises addressed and people love through them, but then far, but beyond that, there is teams of people seeing, seeing those not in crises obey Jesus more, seeing the whole church rally behind the vision of seeing more disciples made. Okay, so what stops clarity? Business, solution, be clear on your strategies and priorities. Take time to also pause and reflect So each week regularly so you can focus on that. Emergencies and conflicts, they're going to happen. Life happens. Solution, build teams. But I hear people saying, but what about all these great opportunities? You know, Again, yeah. someone's come up to me. There's this great opportunity for an evangelistic uh, you know, outreach. We've got this building that we should uh, pursue. Uh, there's this great you know, new growth area in the town of Wagga. We're going we're gonna to reach that. Uh, how, how, how do you get clarity with all these really good things that we can do? Well, the first thing to do is not, not to... You don't want to shoot down every single idea that comes your way because some people... That, to think that you're the final of all knowledge and you've got all the best ideas in the world, there's an arrogance to that. Hearing other people's ideas has got to be a regular part of uh, ministry. Uh, many people have some excellent ideas, but you then have to have be well. You have to have clarity to work out what to say yes to, what to say no to. I think this is where pastors, and I include myself in this, can easily self-sabotage. What happens is we. We love our people. We want to please our people. We can end up being people pleasers, and I know Jesus warns against that. Warns, warns us against that. Uh, but in our people pleasing moments, we don't. We're unwilling to say no to people, and so rather than having, cl- we may well have clarity on what we want to see happen. But in the end, we are, we haven't trained ourselves to say no and to how to say no carefully, and so we're saying yes to too many things, and then. Well, then there's too many things on, and you lose. So I, lo- I love the humility in that in that response. First, to say, "Hey, I I don't have all the answers, so there might be some good ones out there." Yeah. But then the follow up thing I'm hearing you saying is, "How can we use this opportunity as a discipleship moment? Um, one one to help the person who's coming with this great idea and this great opportunity to help clarify and reclarify again. Here's what we're on about, uh, and then how can we also in that process provide." Uh, an opportunity to assess, you know, assess my own motivations as, as mm. you know, as a leader and where I want to go, but also to make that a how do we grow as a team and how do we make that decision, you know, collectively together, and so so working through that decision, working on the, you know, the impacts, uh, you know, the positives and the uh, the positives and negatives of maybe taking this on, helping someone see the cost, uh, helping see, someone yes. see the impact, working through that whole process with someone is a discipleship exercise, but again, a helpful exercise in re-clarifying, you know, m- maintaining what are we actually on about, what's the big thing. Yeah. So I love that, being humble, but also using it as a, as a discipleship exercise as well. Um, the fourth thing that stops clarity that I want to raise is uh, other people. Now, in some senses... Uh, is this kind of just, uh, uh, you know, passing the buck? You know, like it sounds like the the person who's put the yeah. script together is saying to me that it's that it's, it's not my fault. It's someone. It's someone else. Uh, are you just not taking responsibility as a leader by saying it's other people? Well, it's other people's expectations that you really need to clearly manage as well. I, I think that that's what I want to get out of this is. Sometimes you might have clarity, but other people have their own clarity about what you ought to be spending your time doing, and there can be a clash at that point uh, where 
there can be one there can be two agendas going on. Uh, you want to make sure you have God's agenda, but you want once you've worked out what God's agenda is and you've got clarity over not just the fact that we want to make disciples and deep disciples in increasing number, but we've got then clarity about how we're going about doing that. If someone else has their agenda on you and how you ought to use your time, you've got to be willing to say, no, I'm not going to do that. We've got very clear what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. So as lovely as that idea is, I will say no. But like you said, that is a disciple moment. The important thing here, though, is to count the cost. One of the ways in which pastors can lose and church, and not just part, leaders uh, of teams, any any leader in a, in a church situation, one of the ways they can lose clarity is because they haven't counted the cost properly. What I mean by that is every, if I say yes to this person over here, it will mean I'm saying no to how I would have used that time elsewhere. I need to work out exactly where we're going, how we're getting there, what are the right things to give my time to, and then gently but unashamedly make sure the time is spent on those things and know gently, lovingly, and but no is said to other things. So we've uh, we've put the uh, the you know we've put the the answer on other people, but also what about ourselves? How do we self sabotage in terms of losing clarity? I think we've kind of covered that in a, in a multiple yeah, yeah. multiple different ways, uh, you know, through the course of this. So being clear on clear on where you want to go. Uh, helping you know, helping yourself actually do the work before you catch up with people to count the cost uh, is really important as well. Can I, another part of self-sabotage is just disorganisation. It's one thing to be clear. It's another thing to then organise yourself so that the right things get the right time. I think when I reflect on my own pastoral life, uh, not paying attention to how I organise myself, self-sabotage the clarity. And so what would end up happening is I'd have clarity. I knew what we'd want to do and how we're going to get there. But some of the things to get there were not things I really enjoyed doing or wanted to really give time to. And so I'd just give time to the things I liked doing rather than giving attention to what I should have done. And, well, that's me self-sabotaging because I'm not organising myself around my convictions and my clarity about what we're doing. So easy to self-sabotage. So solution to self-sabotage is actually being uh, managing your time well, being clear on how you're going to spend your time. Yeah, it's not just a matter of having clarity about what we're doing, but then getting down into the nitty-gritty of going, well, how am I managing myself? How am I managing my time, my, my resources, my, my emotional energies? How am I managing that so that the right things are getting the right time? And just being tough on yourself, willing to open up your diary, actually have a diary, and actually regularly review it to go, is the right things getting the right amount of time according to the big clear goals Jesus has given us? The last thing I want to talk about that stops clarity is drift. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about? The just It's just slow. It's hard to it see. Is, but it, it just is. happens over time. We were really clear about where we are going over here, but we've kind of just gone off course a fair bit it's now. It's so easy, isn't it? Where uh, cuz no one wakes no 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 team leader in a church family, no minister, no one's going to wake up one day and go, "You know what? Today's the day we're not actually going to make deeper disciples and increasing number. <laughs> we completely rejected that. Now we're, we're on a different course." No no one does that. What happens is these other things like self-sabotaging uh, uh, other people's agendas, not willing to say no, not counting the cost properly they kind of build up and you just slowly drift and you drift. And, and, and a whole church it can lose its clarity where, where it once had, it was planted at one stage, right? Every church had to start at some stage. It planted to reach as many people as it could for Christ, but it can drift so easily into 
just maintaining the status quo of what we got because it's comfortable and I know these people and my seven-day cycle is something I've now been able to work out and manage that I can pull off. And we've drifted into satisfactory underperformance effectively. Uh, there does take a very keen heart to keep God's vision of making deep disciples an increasing number, having clarity around that, working out how you're going to do that, but then having the tenacity to keep to keep coming back to it, to keep measuring it, to keep to keep yourself accountable to it so that you don't lose that sharpness. Building that kind of reflection accountability into your into your calendar, into your diary, weekly, you know, monthly, annually, really critical. What's the one thing you want to say about clarity? Man, you've just got to have it. You've got to get clarity. You've got to have God's clarity and you've got to sharpen your life to make sure you keep God's clarity absolutely central in everything you're doing in your life. Pete, really uh, appreciate your humility uh, and unpacking a whole bunch of stuff uh, from the past. Uh, I, I love that you're driving and, uh, and working towards seeing church leaders developed all across Australia. Uh, you're passionate about it because you know it from being in the trenches for yep. so long. And Scott, I know you're passionate about it too. I just want, have we got what's in the toolbox this week to help other people share this passion? <laughs> well, I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes to the framework ebook. Uh, that's the five big things. Get it, read it, read it with others. Uh, one, the first big thing of the five big things is uh, having uh, clarity and clarity about the main thing, which is making mature disciples an increasing number. Uh, a really helpful podcast if you're thinking about planting uh, is the Church Planting Podcast. There's an episode uh, all about clarity, episode five. Uh, if you're thinking about planting, listen to that with your team because I know in those early days of uh, pulling together a launch team, there's going to be a whole bunch of people with agendas uh, and wanting you to go in all different directions. Listen to that episode and that'll hopefully sharpen your clarity. Anything else, Scott? Anything else in the toolbox? Uh, get along to the Reach Australia National Conference. It's not Absolutely. necessarily in toolbox. But it would be great to see you there. Uh, I'm uh, praying and, and hoping that, again, this conference would really sharpen us in our conviction about seeing all of Australia reached with the gospel. So get along to the National Conference, 8 to 11 May, EV Church on the Central Coast. I'm Peter Blanche. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.